0: Interestingly enough, we've always called ourselves late developers in our family, and I think that that might have something to do with it.
1: <laughs> well, I'm 27, so yeah. hopefully, <laughs> well, hope yeah. You, yes, I'm yes. 30, I'll yeah, be a millionaire. You, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My name is Jess, and this is Going an idiosyncratic mess of a podcast. I have got a very special guest with me. It is my lovely father. thought I'd talk to my father about what it was like growing up undiagnosed with ADHD. So without further ado, let's get cracking. It must have been quite a surprise when you finally diagnosed yourself and realised actually that, you know, what was what you thought was just kind of your personality was actually kind of like a condition. What did it kind of feel like, I guess, when I got diagnosed? It was it kind of like that eureka moment?
0: Well, I wouldn't say that. It was more a gradual dawning. We'd never heard of ADHD or ADD or anything like that when I was growing up. I came to the conclusion, um, mm-hmm. probably when I was about 18 or 19, that I was slightly different to my contemporaries, certainly in terms of, of how I... Um, how I functioned, you know, as a student, as it were. And I knew that I found some things really difficult, and yet other things I was able to sort of dive straight into. I struggled, to be honest, at university because I couldn't concentrate on the subjects unless they absolutely fascinated me. And then if I found a subject absolutely fascinated me, I suddenly got the top grades. Uh, I feel invincible, I can rule the world, and then I go back to where I was before, and I thought, this can't be right, there's something wrong with the way that I'm thinking, why is this the case? I'd come to adapt my way of thinking and my way of behaving, and in a way, you almost forget what it was like when you were a young person, when you are an adolescent, and it was getting reminded of all that, which I found really interesting, because it was like a series of light bulbs going off, oh yes, sort of type of thing. So that was quite entertaining.
1: Yeah, because we were having this conversation and we were discussing various things and kind of like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is exactly the same for both of us.
0: It seems to me to be a bit like a spectrum. For example, some of the things that you mentioned are completely alien to me. It's not something I've ever experienced. And yet some of the other things are completely bang on.
1: Um, Dad, I have got some facts which I thought you might find interesting. Yeah. So I thought I'd read them out. One third to one half of parents with ADHD will have a child with the disorder. Mm -hmm. So there are uh, genetic, I can never say that word. There are genetic characteristics.
0: Characteristics. Yes. Yep.
1: Thank you. (laughs) There are genetic characteristics that seem to be passed down. If a parent has ADHD, a child has more than a 50% chance of having it. Well,
0: I've got two sisters and one of them's got it as well. Mm. And I'm I'm sure my dad had it and I'm sure his mum had it as well. I, th- I think my grandmother is an interesting case because she was always seen as a bit flighty and my grandfather used to get really frustrated with her because he was brought up on the island of Mauritius by his father who was an alcoholic and he ran wild and never learnt how to read and write. So he used to let my grandmother look after all the finances and stuff like that and she was a bit away with the fairies. This is the way that my dad remembers it. And so they tended to lurch from financial crisis to crisis as she sort of didn't quite focus on the things she needed to, you know.
1: It definitely runs in the family, for sure.
0: The thing is, certainly in my family or our family, it's not been a barrier to success because my dad was highly successful. It took him a while to get going, but when he did, he actually reached the very top in terms of what his chosen profession. So I don't think it held him back later on in life. I think he was about thirty before things started to sort of fall together for him. And it's really the same with me as well. Interestingly enough, we've always called ourselves late developers in our family, and I think that that might have something to do with it. <laughs> well, I'm
1: twenty seven, so I'm <laughs> for. Well, there's hope. Yeah, for, yeah, yes, yes. I'm thirty. I'll yeah, be a millionaire. Hope for you, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I sent dad some questions. One of them was, "What would it have been like if you had known earlier?"
0: Well, that's a really interesting one because, in a way, I'm glad that I didn't know earlier. If I'd have known that there was this issue that, for example, made it difficult for me to study, Perhaps I would have given up, except that what I did instead was I gave myself a talking to it and said, come on, Richard, pull yourself together. You know you're bright enough to do this. Just do it. And it took me a while to get through university, but I had this sort of persistence that I was going to get there, even though passing these papers, I found so much harder that clearly my contemporaries were finding it. So for that reason, I'm, in a way, <laughs> please, I didn't find <laughs> out. <laughs>
1: If I was just diagnosed now, then who knows what it'd be like. Or if I diagnosed myself, I guess, like you did. But for me,
0: it wasn't so much a diagnosis as an explanation for why there were things that I thought were slightly weird about myself and made me slightly different from everybody else. An explanation as to why this was the case, but it's fine. It's still a factor in my life now. One of the things that I know, if I've got something that I've tasked myself to do, I do find it really hard to get going on the task, actually get out there and starting it, right? But once I start it, I will actually go without food, without sleep, for hours and hours and hours, long past what normal people consider sensible, to finish it. But it's really weird. Once you actually get focused on something, it's just remarkable the concentration you can bring to bear on
1: it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like when I'm focused on something, it's it's crazy. It's crazy like that because you know, once you're in like the zone, it's really hard to break break out of.
0: Absolutely, it's all about being in the zone, and being in the zone is a really, really nice place to be mentally. It's difficult Mm -hmm. to describe it. It sort of it feels like you belong there, you know, and it's somewhere I always Mm -hmm. crave to go back to. Yeah. But for some reason, it's really hard to start it, but once I do. It's brilliant. Yeah,
1: I guess a lot of the time people completely perceive ADHD as a negative. And I actually think that the deficit part of it is kind of archaic in that extent, because we can focus. That's a thing. I mean, perhaps sometimes I can focus too much on the wrong things, but it's harnessing that. And you can get that through time, through your life. Is that right, Dad?
0: Well, over the years, I've learned to train myself to do that, because obviously I had to survive in the big wide world. And I have managed to do that. I mean, particularly as I qualified as a lawyer, I had to have some basic skills which enabled me to function as a lawyer. But they took me a long time to learn so that I could function in that way. Somebody with this condition, the career in the law is not an obvious place you look, although attention to detail, again, is something that is a factor. I don't know. You can train yourself to do the things, or pretty much train yourself to do the things you have to do to sort of survive on a day-by-day basis, although your mother still gives me a hard time about forgetting to turn off lights and stuff like that. I always know where my keys are now because I've got a special place for them. But I still keep the intense focus, which I love. I just love that so much, being able to sort of completely immerse yourself in something.
1: Yeah, it's our superpower, isn't it? It
0: is, Absolutely.
1: So Dad tends to hyper-focus on certain things. What, what are those things, Dad?
0: When I find something that I'm really interested in, I will get involved in it to the nth degree, to the stage where I sort of make myself an adverted commas a world's expert on it. So, for example, I'm very much into a certain type of vintage car. I'm now the club go-to person for any information, knowledge or stuff about those particular cars because I've got so seriously into it yet other things if they don't interest me i i literally cannot be bothered with them
1: you heard of adhd before I was diagnosed. And um, what was kind of your stereotypical view, your idea of it?
0: If I had any perception of it at all, it was hyperactive boys in the classroom sort of running around, running riot, jumping up and down, that sort of thing. So I was initially quite surprised that my sort of quite placid daughter had it. <laughs>
1: yes, placid. Well you weren't a maniac,
0: <laughs> Jess. You never were a maniac. You weren't hyperactive in that sense, although you had a habit of wandering off, which used to drive your mother crazy when you were little it sort of started to say, oh, I can see now. It dawned on me gradually.
1: There's such a big stereotype out there. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm like really most annoyed about because even now Googling ADHD, it just comes up with like one stereotype and it can be kind of frustrating because you feel like you're not really included in it. And so people don't really know about it.
0: And I think maybe that's one of the issues with it is people tend to characterize people with this as all having exactly the same characteristics where in fact you don't that you and I are quite different is about taking risks in activities. I remember you as a kid going on the ride of the back of a jet ski and going faster, faster, faster to the guy that was taking you around, whereas I was, there's no way you would have got me on anything like that. So it's not the same. Everybody is different. We knew you were a little bit different, Jess, because you always were a bit of a risk-taker.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that stuff. I loved it. I remember going to a theme park and crying when I couldn't get on any of the rides because I was too small. And people were like, oh, she's scared of the roller coaster. I'm like, I'm not scared. I want to go on. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember my heart being in my mouth as you ran across the road to catch the bus on one particular occasion. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I've got another one for you. Yeah. What tricky situations slash decisions can you now pinpoint as being a result of your ADHD?
0: I was always a little bit sort of slapdash and careless in 1966, and I remember knocking over a whole bottle of ink in a classroom, and I remember teachers saying, oh, for goodness sake, oh, you know, and I remember thinking to myself, this was because I wasn't focused on what I was doing. That was the first inkling that I had that perhaps I was a little bit peculiar. But one of the other things I noticed is difficulty keeping quiet, speaking out of turn. Oh, very much so. In meetings, I had to really bite my lip. That was something I had to learn. When I was at school, in particular, we used to get voted on our class councils. They used to have one election every term. And the kids, being respectful of the brighter kids, did well in the exams. And then I saw always to be on class council for the first term. But because I could never keep my bloody mouth shut, and I just talked and talked and talked, I got voted off on the second and third <laughs> terms. And then, and then they forgot about it over the summer holidays, and I came back on again. This was such a bad thing, and it, it took me a while to recognise that myself. And once I did, I learned to sort of tone it down. But it takes you years to actually get that sort of level of self-knowledge, you know?
1: So what would you say to like, the sceptics out there, so the people who don't think ADHD is real and it can be cured? Why do you
0: want to cure it? Because I think that it's just a different way of thinking. And one of the things about what makes a human being so successful is we are such a diverse bunch. And as an employer, when I was working, I'm retired obviously now, you know, I used to look for people to complement other people in the workplace Because you you need the people who are the plotters who get stuff done. You need the creative thinkers. You need the bossy ones. You need all of these people to work together. And I've always found that if you have everybody who's just a plotter, you don't have an organisation that actually does very much in terms of moving itself forward. So I think that just like you don't want to cure people who are leaders so that they just become followers. Why would you want to cure people who are free thinkers, who are innovative and stuff like that? Because I actually think the characteristics part of ADHD are some of the things that help organisations move themselves
1: forward. I'd like always go to the library when I was like, studying because I just couldn't do it. Like, it was just, there was too many distractions. And I felt like, you know, actually making that process of getting ready, leaving the house was just like helpful.
0: I could never work from home I just found it so difficult well I couldn't even do it in the library because I used to find myself wandering around looking for people that I knew to talk to and bother you know (laughs) really (laughs) yeah because I just couldn't settle to it
1: yeah I mean absolutely like I know for a fact that the stigma is still there even though I don't think it should be for example when I'm like looking for a new job and I'm talking to the recruiter and I tell them about my ADHD and they're immediately like don't tell anyone about this like don't say it and it's like oh okay um yeah like the negative view is there i think it can definitely benefit the workplace but it's like more people have to see the positive i think
0: it's a matter of putting a positive spin on it because if you say i have particular mental characteristics which make me and i've been assessed as being a very original thinker so you're basically stressing the positives without saying oh yeah by the way i can be a little careless but i have to change myself out of that it's all about stressing the positives And one of the things that was always said to me by loads of different people when I worked for the Home Office on secondment the various organisations I worked for over the years was how enthusiastic and positive I was. And I can see that in you as well. And that, I think, is very much a characteristic of ADHD as well the fact that even if things should be really getting you down because life could be pretty shit, people with ADHD remain positive and they don't let stuff get them down. You might say it's a failure of imagination. <laughs> you don't sit thinking, oh my oh woe was me, though this is gonna happen. And I think that's a hugely important thing. And I wouldn't trade that for all the tea in China. If I could take medication to make me normal and I lost that feeling, I wouldn't want to do it.
1: I find it so hard to multitask. My flatmates are trying to talk to me. I was like, I can't do more than one thing at once. Can't break my concentration. Um, It's a struggle, but I mean, I'm glad when you said about the older you get, the more you learn how to come up with strategies and stuff because i definitely feel like i'm still learning 100 percent it's a work in progress i guess
0: when you're concentrating on something and other stuff happens it's like noise in the background Mm -hmm. right so for example if i'm concentrating on something and your mother continues to talk to me about Mm -hmm. other things i find that intensely irritating Mm -hmm. it's sort of something i've learned how to control as well I get frustrated when somebody's asking me to do something and then somebody will ask me to do something else and then somebody asked me to do something else again. And I had to learn when I was in the job to try and control that and take one thing at a time, but it didn't come naturally. That
1: makes a lot, lot of sense actually, Some research online says that we tend to be late. And I know, like, not everything on the internet is true.
0: (laughs) I think the thing is, if you train yourself to actually deal with the things that are irritating and you can't really do easily, concentrate on the stuff that you're good at, it's a real boon. And I'm sure that loads of successful people have the same sort of traits.
1: Yeah. Was it the person who invented Microsoft has ADHD? Yeah.
0: There you go. Certainly for the last 30 years, I've definitely thought about it as a positive. So what if I occasionally forget to turn lights off? And if I've got a hook to put my keys on and I make sure I put them there every year, I still lose stuff. I lost my glasses recently. Don't know where they've got to. It still happens.
1: That's the same with me. Like, you know, for a fact when I was younger, I lost everything. I'd lose my head if it wasn't screwed on. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 It's hard because the thing is, you become so focused on one thing. For example, if I'm going on a car expedition, I have to really concentrate hard at the end of the day when I'm tired to remember to pick up all my tools because the number of tools yeah, okay. I've lost because I get tired and my brain just wants to shut down and I have to really say to myself, "You are yeah. going to regret this if you don't wander around and check that you've picked up all your tools because your brain's telling you, I just want to go to a corner and just curl up because sometimes the actual thinking process yeah. is actually quite tiring.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when people were just like, "Oh yeah, just do it," it's like a mental process. It's not easy to remember things yeah. like I've lost yeah so many things like <laughs> great annoyance of my mother for
0: sure well several passports several mobile phones lots of keys but hey you know the world hasn't ended has it that
1: is correct that's a nice way of putting <laughs> it it's been very frustrating for me but yeah, yeah. i've got two pairs of keys now and that's definitely improved yes yeah, it's, it's great it's all about just buying loads of the same stuff it
0: will get better though
1: fingers crossed eh fingers crossed Do you have anything you want to talk about, Dad, or ask me? Do
0: you find that as the years go by it's changing for you or do you still feel very much the same way as you did when you were first diagnosed? How old are you, about 16 or 15 or 16?
1: No, Dad, I was like 13. I was like 12 or 13. Well, I think obviously because I was diagnosed as a child, right now I'm in a different situation. I feel like it's still very difficult for me day to day. I I don't know. It's not massively changed. It's changed in the way that I'm more kind of open with it. I've definitely noticed more of a stigma now than I did before, but I am slowly getting better at not losing things. That's for sure. And I'm trying to train myself in various ways. And I like notice now, I notice more what is to do with my ADHD. So I can kind of pinpoint examples, so it makes it easier for me to manage overall. It's tricky, it's tricky, but, you know, I think that, well, my friends and also Marlon, God bless him, he has to put up with a lot, like, they're very accepting, people who know how
0: to support you. When I was 27, I was still very much in the grip of it. I had sort of started to see some of the positive aspects of it starting to assert themselves. So the best is yet to come, Jess.
1: Thank you so much for my special guest.
0: It's been a pleasure talking to you about this, my darling.
1: Big pat on the back for doing this socially distanced.
0: Well, anything's possible, isn't it?
1: Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.